this is Steven Diego and you're tuned in to Breaking Down the Breakdown. On today's episode, we have Pastor Paul Calcote and we talk about how we deal with mental health in our religious communities. Hello, everybody. Okay, so today's episode is super special for me just because I've never done this before. Like y'all see me like have a lot of people over or like I like talk to people online on Zoom. But the thing is, I kind of know all of my guests, right? So for the first time, I was like, okay, let me get out of my comfort zone, get somebody that I really don't know, but really wants to be on the show. So I was like, all right. So here he is, everybody, Paul Calcote. How are you doing today? Steve, what's up, bro? I'm (laughs) well. (laughs) My goodness. He is, he's in Louisiana right now, right? Yep, in Louisiana right now so lucky i've always wanted to go i just want to go and eat <laughs> seriously that's why i gained most of my weight when i live in new orleans for two years bro <laughs> yo man it's bulking season all the time it's okay there's no shame in that <laughs> like that. i'm sorry using it's bulking season at all times <laughs> it is right you're growing you're a grown man like you know what i mean you gotta gotta improve somehow now i do want you to talk about what you do paul what is it that you do Yes, I am a young adult pastor in Houston, Texas, and so I primarily minister to college students and young adults and also co-lead our marriage ministry. And since May of 2020, I'm a fellow podcaster as well. And so that's me in a nutshell, man, pastor, podcasting, speaking, a few memes on Instagram, but that's me, man. <laughs> that's really, you know, man, I'm trying to get into memes and stuff. I can't. I'm just so bad at it. I'm just I can't. It takes a certain kind of uh, humor to be able to actually develop that stuff. So good for you, man. But damn. Dangerous. It's a little bit dangerous as a pastor because some people could think, well, you shouldn't laugh at the sacred thing. So it's always a fine line. And so every now and then I may cross it, but I will. (laughs) But I, I I think that's really good because for a lot of people and, you know, I do have a lot of friends and um, acquaintances who are not inherently religious or like doesn't want anything to do with religion whatsoever. And they always paint people who are religious or within that, you know, the ministry as they got to be uptight or like they have no sense of humor about this because, you know, oh, if I say this, they're going to be like, God will smite you. And for me, it's like, you know, I I think it's great that you do that because it shows people that, hey, humor is humor, right? Like it, it needs to exist. Exactly, bro. I'm so glad you said that because one of the things that I penciled in to my job description is to showcase that Christianity does not have to be boring. Like it doesn't have to be boring. We're not uptight. We don't have to be serious all the time. God created laughter. He created joy. So why not have fun being a Christian? But I digress. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Right. Like for me, like I'm a Catholic. So like I grew up with strict Catholic values. Um, most of them were just kind of, you know, like forced upon me. And, you know, as I grew older, I kind of found certain things were a little bit problematic with how it was ingrained upon me. Right. And there were things that I was like, had I just kind of came into this on my own, I feel like I would have appreciated it a lot more. And one of them was that the fact that, you know, and this is why, okay, it's going to sound kind of weird, but like I, in go for it. My second year university, I actually joined gospel choir um, in university. And it opened up this whole new world for me because it was like going to a regular church as opposed to being able to go to a church where it was, you know, like 
gospel choir stuff like it, it was so emotional that i was like why why aren't my churches like this like why is it that i go to church every sunday and it's let's read this and it's this and then the sermon you know like i like it when certain um priests or pastors are able to actually take from their personal experiences and share that the majority of the time it's you know in the news it's like this is what happened in the news and then this and i feel like a lot of humanity is lost Mm. within that right that you know what this is why like i i really glad that people like you exist because it you know allows people to maybe even if you're not super religious but you believe in god or something right like open it up a little bit you know like try just don't be so close-minded about these things so i think it's great that you do this man thanks bro i appreciate that and i agree to everything you said like don't be so close-minded and sometimes when i'm preaching i like to use a personal story or putting in a joke once again just to bring that humanity to it and so see we're on the same wavelength i like this already (laughs) i know me too now speaking of open mind so i do want you to kind of talk about your podcast what is your podcast about yeah the name of it is real people real talk it's a faith-based podcast and my goal is i want to take every listener from surviving to thriving and i want them to thrive spiritually i want them to know jesus i'm unapologetic about my faith but i also want them to thrive physically financially relationally and mentally and really use conversation to inspire them to be all that god has called them to be and so speaking of religion like i named it real people real talk i don't want to give it a churchy or religious name but therefore like it would be more inviting to your to like non-Christians and people that don't believe. And in there, you know, I'm not ashamed of my faith, but I'm not, I don't have a Bible on every episode. Like as soon as they come in, I'm gonna thump with the Bible. And so it's very inviting, it's practical, it's relatable. Yeah. So I appreciate you asking, asking about it. No, anytime, man. And like uh it was very important for me to actually have you on the show. And um, so Paul and I are part of this group um um on Facebook, it's like a buzzsprout kind of like podcasting group mm-hmm. where you know, podcasters actually connect with each other. And a lot of people have messaged me to be on the show. And it's interesting for me because the people that have messaged, I checked out their podcasts and, you know, y'all been through a lot. And that's why for me, like I said, yes, to every single one of the people that posted. And people were probably thinking like, oh, you're just taking any guess. And for me, it's like, you know what? At the end of the day, unfortunately i do have to take every single one of y'all because you have a story to tell that seems you know kind of so like heartbreaking and i I hate that y'all went through that but at the same time i'm glad you're able to share that yeah so with paul um he actually posted a link to one of his episodes and i was like damn like i you know i never thought of it this way and it's just to me it's so inspiring because a lot of people might not get it because you you're not really into religion but for people who and this is what's important for me there i know people that used to be religious or used to believe but things in their lives did not work out and they feel like they were neglected yeah by god right and not even just that i feel like they were also influenced by other people saying that well you know if god was like this that wouldn't have happened to you right and I like that in one of Paul's episodes, um, and I, I do want to ask you about this later, and I want you to be able to tell your story about this, but there were things that I picked up on. And today we're going to talk about depression, because I know that Paul has had kind of like a little bout with that. Am I right? 
Yeah. And one of the things that you said that really, really stuck with me was that God isn't angry or disappointed when you have heartache or depression, right? Like it's a common call to life. Like I really like that because a lot of people, they associate depression with, you know, like almost like, like demons, like any mental health issues with demons, right? Yeah. And one of the biggest things for me, the biggest takeaway, and this is why I was like, okay, I need to have you on this show is because I've encountered so many religious people that have told me to just, pray for things to go away right (laughs) like when you said pray for the pain to go away i like that you followed it up with seeking help after that definitely because a lot of people they feel like well if i pray and god's listening i will be healed and it's like guys even in the bible when god gave people healing hands you know like that's exactly what it is he gave people the ability to heal right and sometimes you know praying for it is almost like praying for okay help me meet somebody that can help me get through what I'm going through right now. And people don't get that. So I really, I appreciate that you're able to speak about this on your podcast. Guys, his podcast, real people, real talk. Y'all have to listen to it. It's amazing. But now I got to get to Paul. I do have to ask now, and this is going to be all about, you know, when did your breakdown happen and what exactly happened? man well first of all thank you for being such a great host and doing your research and listening to the podcast i appreciate those kind words man i mean let me go in the time machine this literally was about a decade ago um literally april may of 2011 april may and i was i quote unquote i was supposed to graduate in 2011 because i graduated high school in 2007 so you're supposed to graduate in four years Mm -hmm. and so I played around my second year and didn't get a lot of hours and it caught up with me my fourth year. So I went to the graduation um, that I wasn't a part of, but my class was, and I walked out of that place maybe 10 minutes into the ceremony because I just couldn't take, I was just overwhelmed with the fact like I'm a failure. I have a bit of perfectionism in me. Like, you know, I got to get the A or the best grade, this and that. And so feelings of insecurity, feelings of, you know, not good enough. Like how did Paul calculate? Um, a little pride there, like how did I not graduate on time? <laughs> so I walked out literally in tears, oh, no. and that was the biggest thing. And then, because I didn't want the shame of um, a lot of people didn't know that I wasn't graduating, I didn't want the shame of walking around and people, oh, let me take a picture with the graduate. I'm like, who? Not me. <laughs> that was the biggest trigger. Another trigger is I had like my first breakup during that same month, and I was like, hello, oh. rejection. Ouch, that hurts. So it was the graduation was the biggest thing. And then like the first breakup. And then there's some things in my peer groups that we just disagreed over religion, which is crazy because we're all Christians. But anyway, we had some disagreements and lost some friends. So all three of those things just put me in a funk. And I just, yeah, that's that's where it started. Right. Oh, there. my God. When it rains, it pours, don't it? Pours, bro. Pours. <laughs> my goodness. Okay. Well, so then after all of that, how did it feel for you? Like what was going through your head? Because I know at this point, this is where intrusive thoughts really kick in. Now, what was going through your mind? Dude, initially, this is something I had to wrestle with theologically and I'm in a different place now, but initially Mm -hmm. I had to think of like, if I'm suffering mentally, something must be wrong with me. Right. If I'm suffering mentally, God must be mad at me. And, you know, you know, through, through scripture and through friends, 
and just kind of shape my theology and get deeper to God's word. Like just because I'm depressed or worried or insert any other mental health issue, mm -hmm. um, that doesn't mean that God is mad at me. That just means that I'm I'm human. Mm -hmm. I gave I gave the metaphors like what uh you know God is like a father to us. What good father is going to get mad at his child that walks up to him and says, I have a headache? In the same way, God is not mad at me when I pray to him and say I have a heartache. Right. You know, things that's going on emotionally. And so it was some intrusive thoughts. Like I've never been, I'm gonna keep it 100 with you. Like I've never been suicidal, but I remember being in Vicksburg, my home city, and it's uh we have Mississippi River there. And my favorite place to go, just kind of relax and think it's by the river. And I remember just the thought, just like passing through, like, hey, just drive your car off in there and just end it. And I'm like, no, like I know, <laughs> I know it sucks right now, but yeah. I want to live. And for those that may be struggling with suicide, I just want to say graciously, um, and I'm not a professional, but just through experience that suicide doesn't necessarily end the pain. It just transfers it to the people that you love. And so that's the only thing I would say to that. Damn, that is powerful. Like a lot of people, you know, unfortunately, even after knowing that, right? Like sometimes the thoughts just get a hold on them. And that's when real issues happen, right? That's when suicidal people yeah. like really need to be committed, right? But I feel like that message isn't really for people who are suicidal or depression or, or going through depression rather i feel like that message should be said to people who are around people who are dealing with that because yeah. for us to stand here and look at them and not be able to help them or not go out of our way to help them knowing that they need help we are the ones who's going to end up hurt right? oh yeah and, and, and that's the thing and i really like that you said that but oh my god you poor thing. <laughs> but, look, <laughs> but look at you, right? Like, and this is this is super important for me that you're talking about it because I have um, you know, Filipinos are super religious. And I'm Filipino, and a lot I have a lot of listeners that are Filipino and are in the Philippines. And in the Philippines, up to this day, mental health is so taboo. And, a, you know, a huge part of it is because of religion, right? They feel like, you know, like everything can be cured just by praying away all these things, but they don't realize that there, there's a, it's a step-by-step -step process. There's a step two after prayer, right? I do have to ask now with, um, whenever you, how do I say this? Like when you're talking about mental health issues with, you know, the parishioners or when, cause you're a pastor, right? How is your community, like your church community with this whole mental health thing? Like, are they open to it? Or do you find that some, some people in your community is still kind of like iffy about it to talk about it? Or are they, you know, are they open to talking about it if they're dealing with these things? Yeah. Like same here in, in the black community and specifically in the black church community, it's taboo. Right. Uh, I've heard this quote that says like one out of five people struggle with um, mental illness, but five out of five people have mental health. So we mm -hmm. all have mental things going on. And I feel like the conversation is slowly bring it. There's more awareness coming this whole thing of like mental health, where it's like almost becoming like mainstream to talk about it. But I share with them, like I'm a man of the cloth. I'm a pastor. I believe in prayer. If I have a headache, um, Stephen, the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to pray about it. Right. Um, 
If that headache continues, I'm going to go talk to my friend Tylenol and take what I need to take. Now, if that headache continues after that, yeah. I'm going to seek professional help. Right. And so in the same way that God provides nurses and doctors and surgeons and physicians to help us with our physical ailments, he provides therapists and counselors and social workers, et cetera, to help us with our mental and emotional issues. And so I believe in prayer and therapy, um, prayer and counseling. As a, as a pastor, I go, uh, we have a counseling center in our church and I see the guy once a month and I don't wait till there's a fire and like, oh, I need to go see him. Right. I just set my schedule once a month because sometimes it's preventative. And I would just, a lot of it's just venting and just letting some stuff out because I, I'm very transparent and open with my wife, but I don't tell her everything that I struggle with just because I don't want to burden her down. Yeah, That's exactly. Cool. Taking care of my mental health actually helps me with my relationships. But to specifically answer your question, yes, they are more open to it. We do this thing called check-ins we do about once every six weeks with our college students and young adults and we just say you know how are you doing how are you doing for real yeah. um, we're going to give you two minutes to vent then we're going to pray for you just giving them an open space a non-judgmental space just to be real open and honest and then we're going to then we're going to read the bible and we're going to pray for you but we also give you the chance to vent and so it's slowly it's opening up in uh in my world that is amazing oh my god you know what i really feel like every single church Every single synagogue, you know, every single denomination of religion should follow that. Mm. Because at the end of the day, like, we need each other, right? And I feel like you yes. being able to do that, that is what that is what counts. That's what really helps people. Seriously. My goodness. Why can't you people be here in Toronto? <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, but it's something else that brought up um, in this research paper that I did when I was in seminary. And it's crazy because while I was in seminary, I dealt with a not as big of a bout of depression as I did in 2011, but another bout because I'm in a new state, I'm in a new city, I'm in a new church. My dad is a pastor, so it's my first time calling somebody else pastor and being a part of a different church. So there's so many different things. <laughs> uh, financially, like my bills literally um, doubled and my income was cut in half. And so having those two things that happen at the same time, there's a lot of stuff going on. So it put yeah. me into a funk, and it was ironic that I was writing the a paper about depression while I was kind of going through it. And one thing that stuck out and that you said was depression is like the common cold of life. We all face bouts of depression just at different seasons of life and in different varieties. Some people are high functioning. They can be in depression and write in the paper about it or there's right. some it's just a dark cloud over them. And so, like you said, we really need each other. And I just think that, you know, as a community, just step it up and just being open to hear from people. And, you know, when they're struggling, just don't cast them away. And like, you know, maybe you're sinning or God is angry with you. No, the person right. is struggling mentally. Um, my, my favorite example to use with mental health, bro, Stephen, is let's say Sally gets into a car wreck. Okay. Not to be too graphic, but it takes her leg off. Yes. I'm not going to go up to Sally and say, hey, feel better, feel better. <laughs> That's, that's ludicrous. So in the same way, when somebody says I'm struggling mentally, insert any you know specific um, illness or whatever, yeah. I'm not going to say, hey, just feel better. Just pull yourself up by the bootstraps. The, oh, gee, thanks. That really helped me out. So anyway, that's my soapbox, man. <laughs> I, I wish every single podcast has a video right now because it's exactly how I fucking feel my reaction when you say that. Because there's so many people that <laughs> we get it. It's a mental thing, right? But you can't just go up to a person and say, well, just don't think about it. it, it it's, it's not that easy. Right. If it was, I would stop thinking about it. 
exactly. Oh my goodness. And then there's people that attributes these things to not being strong enough, you know? Right. This is what <laughs> yeah. that happens within our communities, unfortunately. They feel like, well, God, you're not, you know, you're not strong enough because you you ain't praying enough. You don't have God's will in you to get through this. Like you shouldn't be even seeking therapists. And it's like, I'm sorry. I feel like they're actually stronger for admitting that there is something yes. going on with them. Me too. Yes. <laughs> but that is wow. That is Brother, crazy. There's people in the Bible. Like I, I don't want to put stuff in the Bible that's not there because the word mm-hmm. depression is not in the Bible. But there's yeah. some people in the Bible. If you read their story, you can safely, deductively reasoning that they were dealing with depression like it was a guy by the name of elijah it was a queen at the time that basically told him i'm going to kill you so a world power a world leader right. and that sense said i'm going to kill you i'm gonna be scared too and so elijah <laughs> got to the point where he asked the lord to take his life yeah. and you know god didn't say you know what since you're suicidal and you're weak i'm gonna take your life right. no he he sent the miraculously fed him through a raven gave him some encouragement and he kept living you know to make a long story short and so yeah man there people we're people we're human and admitting to our mental and emotional, I don't even want to say shortcomings, um, admitting to our emotional and mental problems, like you said, Stephen, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that we're weak. It means that we're strong enough to admit that we have weaknesses. We're human enough to let other people know that I need help, whether it's therapy or medicine or things like that. So, yes, I appreciate you for raising this awareness about this because it needs to be raised. Thank you. Yeah, man. Like, I, you know, these are just things that we notice, right? And then unfortunately, though, like, and this is where people like us who have been through it, we really need to be vigilant because we need to understand that regular people who have never struggled with any type of mental health irregularities in their lives will never get it. Yeah. And that's just the sad part, right? Yeah. That even if we do this, we, we try to raise awareness about it they'll never understand it because for them they think back on their struggles and how their struggles they got through but because they were depressed or they didn't go through anxieties they feel like well i got through it just by doing this so i don't know why you can't do that right so i feel like you know we have a lot of work to do because we need to find a way for them to meet us in the middle yeah. Where they don't have to go through it. Because I don't want anyone going through what we went through. You know what right. I mean? Like, it is the worst. I don't I don't want everyone to see any of my friends go through depression or go through, you know, my OCD stuff. Like, there is no way. Like, it is so painful. There were nights where I know we're not suicidal. But when that pain gets to that point where you start thinking about it and you have to start saying, oh, no, I ain't like this. That's when you know right. you've had too much of that, right? Yeah. And I don't want anyone going through that. But yeah, this is, I'm glad you are the way that you are, Paul, because people need you, especially during COVID times. And, you know, like I, I go see my therapist once a month and even for him, he started to get really booked up and I'm like, oh, like must be really busy for you. And he was like, I'm getting new clients. I'm getting clients I haven't seen in a decade come to me now. Yeah. And because of, you know, this is it. Like, this is what's happening, right? So for people to still not acknowledge that mental health issues are a thing, for me, is really concerning. Yeah. I'm I'm glad that there are people like you that are open about this because we need to really just 
blast it wide open. Get, you know what? You feeling a little bit weird? Come talk to me. Come talk to your friends, yeah. right? Like what you said, it's preventative. Yeah. And it's levels too. There, there's some cases where you just need somebody who's trained clinically to hear you out, offer some suggestions, offer some coping mechanisms. They can do wonders. And so sometimes, you know, as a community, what we can do for others, I'm not saying, you know, we should be other people therapists, but sometimes allowing them to vent and just being an open ear can do wonders for somebody mentally and emotionally in an amateur way. Once again, that's not professional advice. I'm just saying these are just extra things that kind of help as part of self-care. Like, you know, have some fun I can vent to, no judgment, they pray for me. Then if it's you know, super serious, let me go see a professional. So just keeping that balance there. I like that. That is that is true. You know, for a lot of us, we feel like mate, well, maybe the pressure is because we feel like we have to put in our opinion. And it's like, no, guys, we really don't. <laughs> Sometimes right. a person just needs an ear, right? Uh, listen, man, a story <laughs> about speaking of listening, I say, listen, a story. I was a camp counselor, um, no, I was camp leader, and I was leading a group of seniors, and we had something called uh, like one on ones. And so it was on the porch um in front of the cafe had a one-on-one with this guy and i asked him two questions i forgot what they were but i asked him two questions and he talked for like 45 minutes i didn't interrupt him i just let him talk and at the end of that he was like man thank you so much and i didn't understand the power of listening in that moment but in my mind i was like all i did was ask two questions and shut up but (laughs) the gift of listening does wonders for people man so yeah it really does and you know this is why i have this show on right because for a lot of people sometimes their stories have gone untold because they're scared that people ain't gonna listen you know and sometimes they feel like people will listen and will say something back to them and this you know this kind of platform gives them a chance to not have to hear what people have to say and be able to talk about it because for me like i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and judge or whatever right like man the world still has a long way to go with this stuff, eh? And we just keep getting thrown curveballs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we are kind of running out of time, unfortunately. I will ask you to come back because there's other things I do want to talk about, especially, you know, being a pastor and everything. There, are, I do have a lot of questions. Oh. <laughs> but before we <laughs> no worries, all good stuff. I know, Miss Witch. <laughs> Maybe some controversial stuff, you know, but I do want to. Oh, no. exactly. But before I do wrap this up, mm-hmm. I want to add, and I always ask people this. How long did it take you to feel like you've had a handle on your depression? And even if you, you know, uh, you know, actually answer that one first, and I'm going to have a follow-up question on you. Okay. I would say I feel like I had a handle on it when I admitted that I had a problem. Okay. Yeah, and I went to go see a Christian counselor when I was in school and it really helped me put some things together. So that's when I feel like I had a quote-unquote hold on it when I admitted it and I was strong enough to go get help. Now, and I like that you say the Christian counselor, right? Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things for me where it's like, I feel like for a lot of people, they're afraid to seek help because their values might not align with the person values right do you feel like if you were to have seen a counselor that didn't necessarily have the same religious views as you would it have been as effective or do you feel like (laughs) that's a great question like 
Mm. I've never, I can't speak too much to it because I've never gone to a non-Christian therapist. I only had two, one in college and then a person I see right now. Right. But I don't, I can't really say. My assumption would be, I don't think it would be as effective because, you know, every, you know, things that I share, I'm relating it to faith or scripture. Right. And if this person doesn't know about that, he was like, uh, he may skip over that or minimize it. Right. So, so yeah, that's my minimized take on that. Right. No, but like, I mean, and this is exactly why I asked, right? Because for me, I want to really decipher and break down where the disconnect sometimes happens with people, right? Because we have a lot of, you know, like in, unfortunately, in the mental health community, we actually jump from psychiatrist to psychiatrist or psychotherapist to psychotherapist until we find the right one that fits. Right? Yeah. So for me, I feel like that's a very interesting take because for a lot of my listeners right now, if you guys are still here with us, and I really hope you are, um, it's like what Paul said. If you are within that same type of religion and you are seeking help and you let's say you had a therapist before that was, you know, an atheist, right? And there's nothing bad about that. It's just exactly what Paul said they might not be able to relate to what you're going through or you might not be able to relate to how they're going to help you because you have a set of beliefs and values that you kind of want to use so that you can strengthen yourselves in time where your therapist can't be there. And that therapist needs to be able to tap into the tools that you have. And if this therapist doesn't believe in the tools that you have, the night gonna work. It doesn't mean that therapy doesn't work. It just means that you just haven't found the right one. So I encourage y'all to actually, you know, keep on looking for the right fit. I mean, luckily Paul found the right fit right away, which is great. And I'm, you know, I really hope that is the case for a lot of people. Even for me, I, for my psychotherapist, found the right fit, but I had to find three different psychiatrists to actually properly diagnose me, right? But it's, we can't give up. And that's the important thing. We can't give up. Oh my goodness. This has been great. Like I I wish we could keep going. Like I, I can like talk for hours to you. Like there's so many questions I want to ask, but I do promise that Paul will be back, right, Paul? Yes, let's do it. <laughs> I'm so glad. I hope I hope everything is great. I know you are on a little bit of a vacay right now. I hope you are having fun there. Oh yeah. Eat lots of food for me, please. <laughs> Dude, while I'm in Louisiana, it's something you have to eat when it's this season. Crawfish. So my brother-in-law is about to get some right now. So I was like, well, while he go get it, I'm going to do this interview and then we go eat good later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming down. I don't care. Screw Come on, down. I'm coming down. <laughs> I ain't going to tell. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Paul. Remember, guys, his show, his podcast, Real People, Real Talk, is out everywhere. It's on everything. Just search for it. Guys, you are not going to regret it. If you have any questions for Paul or myself, remember to email me at stevendiego.hotmail.com. I will post it on the info in the podcast. Again, Paul Cockle, thank you so much for doing this. You rock. And I will have them back. So guys, prepare your questions if you do have them. Thanks. See you guys.